0: Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through His sons and daughters. Leif shares insight into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, this is Leif and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. I am very excited about having a conversation with you about something that is very precious to me. Today we're going to talking about how do we pursue? How do we overtake and recover all? We all have experienced that there's been different areas where the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But do we know how to tap into how Jesus can give us life and life abundantly in the middle of it? A Part of the reason that I have been pursuing this, we did this uh, blueprint for kingdom destiny. And one of the sessions that had a tremendous value to the students, and that was the lesson about Zig Life. And I don't know why that came up again now, because it was a previous session that started to burn in me in this season. And then I realized so many different people right now they are experiencing the battle you fight after the battle you won. So let me give you a little of the background of this. David himself, as an example, he was uh, he was uh, anointed to, to be a king. We know the story of David. He started out in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem was the season where he learned to be a worshiper. He learned how to be a warrior. It was a season in his life where he killed a giant. And before you knew it, there was this song out there that, wow, Saul can do a thousand, David ten thousand. Saul, who was supposed to be a spiritual father, became jealous and started to throw spears, was attacking him. And David eventually ended up hiding in the cave of Adullam. Not because there was sin in his life. But just because he was faithful. During the time in the cave, we know that 400 guys that was depressed and distressed, they showed up in the cave. You can read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 and 3. But in this season of David's life, in this cave, we know the story. After about seven years, he took 400 people, pretty much with orphan hearts. Uh, they had been, uh, they've lost their identity, values, and dreams. And that was the three things David restored to them. the identity. Who you are, the value, how valuable each one of us are, and the dreams. From the man after God's own heart, he raised up a culture after his own heart. And eventually, these guys grew to be about 600 people. Now, the, the story, what I'm taking you into, they were constantly having to hide, <clears throat> they were being influenced by the wall that was around them. They had enemies everywhere, the Philistines, they continued to be at battle. And this one day, and now you're getting into about 1 Samuel chapter 29, but you're seeing they are pretty much a little battle fatigue. And then they decided, wow, it's going to be good to go home. And they had a little refuge place in a place called Ziklag. Ziklag means kind of the winding river, but it's also meaning pressed down. So Ziglag was a place where the wives, family, community, safety, this was kind of a little haven that you could go out and you could minister in this war, be coming home to this place that was supposed to be safety, that was supposed to be shalom, place to to refresh, to renew, to revive. So they are heading home and they're on this 50-mile journey. This is about three days of walking. And now they are tired after being at war and then the long walk. And then they can see as they're getting close. There, the city is on fire. Ziglag is on fire, and they realize the Amalekites has coming in. So here they are fighting the Philistine on one side. But while they've been gone, the enemy has gone in and he has taken the wives, the children, burned out everything. So here you've lost your finances, you have lost your business, you have lost your homes, and you have lost your family. And all of the guys, first of all, they are so much in shock. This is trauma. It is not just wounds, this is trauma. The traumatic experience, what they're seeing and experience they're going through the rubble and they find pretty much nothing. All of the guys, the Bible says, and you can see this in 1 Samuel, you're getting into chapter 30, they wept until there was no more tear. And there's things that happens in our life. And sometimes I call it the battle you fight after the battle you won. And we can see, and I'm just going through a few of the things so we can get to the scripture verse that I think is such a key for us. So in this journey, and you can read it yourself, I'm just explaining some of the kingdom principle. I think that it's going to help you and I to navigate because between our Bethlehem and our Zion, and what I mean with that, from the time you establish your identity until you discover your destiny, there's this long, long journey. And as part of that journey, most of us will have to experiencing a zigzag moment. It doesn't have to be like David, but it's going to be a zigzag moment in your life. And the perplexity and the pain and some of the things that we have to navigate, you have to learn how to navigate loss to be entrusted with gain. You have to learn to navigate disappointments if you're going to experience true divine appointments. You have to navigate a Friday if you're going to experiencing a true genuine Sunday. But the navigation of the Saturday between that Friday and Sunday is a key. And this is kind of what we're seeing in David's life. I mean, inside of David, the potential of a king is there. But the journey of how to become that king, some of those crises that's coming in, David himself was a little bit lukewarm, spiritually speaking, by this time. He had battle fatigue. He had been operating as a king. And to some degree, there was very little time to be in the secret place. Somehow, the very thing that was the main thing that he started out as a worshiper, to be in the present with a heart, and it is this one thing I desire, this one thing I long for. I just want to be in the presence of the Lord. I just want to gaze upon His beauty. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not want. Oh, He leads me into these beautiful green pasture. He restored my soul. All these different things that were so much part of David's life. The secret of David's life was the secret place. The main thing was the main thing for David. And that is that he valued the presence. He valued intimacy. He valued the fear of the Lord. He valued that above everything else. And all of that took place as a shepherd boy. But now Real life came in and it was battle after battle. And now there was a battle he had to fight. After battle, he won. And now what is he going to do in this situation? And to some degree, when David came in, by the time you get to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, already all the guys, and this is just what trauma does, they turn against David. The reason this is happening to us is because of you. It's because we follow you. We need to remember that David was the very one that kind of took these guys that was orphans that nobody wanted, people that the world didn't want, and he raised them up to become this army of mighty warriors. But they were so physical tired. They were so emotional tired. They were so spiritual tired. And now the trauma comes in. They blamed them on David. So David had everyone turning against him. So what does David do? In the middle of this crisis moment, yes, he did weep until there was no more tears. But eventually, here is another major key that David did. He eventually went to the son of the priest Abimelech, and then he eventually got his epod, which was actually the priestly garment. And then David went into the presence. He went into that place that he remembers as a little shepherd boy. Into that place in the middle of the storms all around him, he knew there was a place in the secret, a place where there is no storm, where he could meet the very one that is his shalom, that is his peace, that he himself describes so beautifully well. A place he needed some fresh oil, and he knew where to go. Oil, and he knew that at that moment, when he didn't know what to do, he knew where to go. And David went low and he went slow and he started to get so overwhelmed in the secret place that nothing else could overwhelm him. He went back again to be with a lover of his life. He maybe was losing everything, but the one thing he hadn't lost and that was his ability to going deep before he went wide. It is going in before he went out. It is going in and capturing that still small voice in the middle of all the noise that was going on. And David goes into this beautiful, beautiful place with the Lord. And the next thing that David does He's trying to get a word from the Lord. He said, God, what am I doing in this situation? It is kind of a true humility that taps you into God's ability. David comes into this place. I'm totally helpless. And sometimes it is a good place for you and I to be when there's nothing else you can trust in. I don't like us to be in that situation where you have to, to some degree, lose it all before you're getting into this place. And you can call it a breaking point into that place where there is nothing else and what is needed in our life, because it is easy for us to trust in so many things. And it is easy for me that if I have pain, I can go to the chiropractor, I can take me medicine, I can do that. And I do not just have Jesus as my hero, as the last resort. I have all these other options, and that's what we are in life. David lost all of his options. But the beautiful part of that, he didn't become bitter. He became better. He didn't whine. He started to shine in the middle of it. He went into the place and he had that history with God that he knew. So there's a place of repentance. There's a place of coming deep in and just, I need you. I want you. Without you, I can do nothing. And just one word from you will change everything. I just need to hear your voice. I need to see your face. I need to feel your love because there's so much fear around. I need experiencing your presence of being so overwhelmed by you that nothing else can overwhelm me. I can kind of read between the lines there in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And then he goes in and then he asks the question. He comes out of his spirit. He said, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to pursue? And am I supposed to overtake? And that voice from the lover of his life speaks back and says, yes, David, you're supposed to pursue. Say pursue with me. Pursue. Overtake. Say overtake. Overtake. And then God says, recover all. Say recover all. This is a kingdom principle for so many of us, because when things come against us, what's happening so many times, uh, that uh, we do not realize we cannot consider joy when these trials come against us because we do not know it leads to an upgrade. We do not realize that sometimes if we respond to things in the right way, we can get double for our None of us wants these things to happen. But when the enemy is attacking, it's not a God, but to some degree as part of the sovereignty of God, God allows certain things to take place. It was not his will, but God allows it to take place. And when some of that happens, it is with a very purpose for us to get an upgrade. And David needed an upgrade in this season because to some degree, he was a little complacent when you're out there and things is functioning. But when everything's stripped away and all the things you have left, is the lover of your life it is the very one that you serve the one that you honor the one that is the lord the one that is the true king and you are not the king you're just serving the king of the kingdom and as a result of that when he came back into the alignment from that very place he got a clear instruction you're going to pursue you're going to overtake and recover all the next thing when you're getting the word from lord the lord in that season it is to then discover the vision. Those three things that is made in that verse is giving him a clarity of vision. What does it look like? when my family is back together? What does it look like when the Amalekites, when we have actually stopped the enemy from what he's doing? What does it look like? Not just when we're all sitting at the Thanksgiving table or Christmas table where the prodigal sons are coming home or your health has been back restored or the finances that was lost because of that betrayal. I don't know what is your situation, but what does it look like when recover all has taken place? Couple of scripture verses. Just for me to chase a couple of rabbits that's connected to it. It's very interesting also the story of Mephibosheth that we see a little bit later on. If you remember the story of Mephibosheth first in 1st and 2nd Samuel chapter 4, then you read the story in 2nd Samuel chapter 9. The story about Mephibosheth, who was the grandson of King Saul. He was the son of Jonathan, David's best friend. And we know the story that, uh, that eventually when the enemy came, and they're eventually trying to kill, and they eventually killed both Saul and killed his dad, Jonathan. The nurse took the little boy, he was about five years old, she was running. She fell while he was running, and this boy became crippled. He became paralyzed. Took him to a place called Lodabar, which means a barren place. In this barren place, make the story short, he grew up as a beggar, as a nobody. Nobody knew he was royalty. That story reminds me a little bit about a lot of our story, because we were all born into royalty, but then sin came in, and as a result of sin, we have all been crippled by the fall. and many of us have just been survivors in this land, but we have not yet stepped into the royalty of who we are. We have not yet experienced the restoration of all things, but it was a key element when King David is just reflecting over the goodness and the kindness, and then he's thinking about it is not because just me that I'm in this place position. By the time he became the king and the greatest king of Israel's history, and he's looking at the balcony and looking at his blessing, being so overwhelmed by this, he said, is there anyone that is still related to Saul and Jonathan? For Jonathan's sake, I do want to make sure to bless who anyone that is related. And we know the whole story. Ziba, the servant who represents the Holy Spirit, went all over the land and he said, well, there is this cripple in Lodabar. Well, the king didn't see him as a cripple. He saw royalty. Ziba comes with his limousine into Lodabar, and there you can see the street beggar, scars, smell. He looks awful. He comes to him, and he's so afraid of the king. He doesn't know. All of his life, he's lived away from that. And there are so many people out there that don't know that king. And we know the story Ziba takes and brings him into the chariots and bring him back towards the king. And eventually he stands before the king and says, who am I like a dead dog? And the king says, who is this son? And he called him son. And then he brought him to the king's table. And here's the one verse that I want us to capture from that story that I think is connected to the story here. Then the king says, hey, everybody, I want us to restore everything that he had. Before the fall, what he said, actually, he said, I want you to restore everything that his grandpa had. And I want to give it to him, get the palace to him, get the servant, let him have everything that he had. This is just also not a picture typology of what the king. It is not just to save you from something. It saved you to something, but it is also to restore what the enemy has taken from us. And Jesus is going to be seated in heaven until the restoration of all things. And we're living also in a season. That's in the book of Acts chapter three, but also you will see in Luke 19, 10, where Jesus came to save that which was lost. It is not just about surviving through this life and get all the beatings and bruises. It is part of our life, but it is also for you and I as believers to learn how to pursue, overtake and recover all. Making sure that it's going to cost the enemy for anything that is coming against my health, against my family, against my destiny, whatever it is that you and I are stepping into a position where we are learning to pursue, to pursue him, but also not being afraid after that, to be able to making sure to take back the territory where the enemy has taken and then to become an overcomer and to overtake all and then the recovery aspect so we know the story about david he got a clear vision what this is going to look like what is the vision that you can see it's like for myself with all the broken bones and the sciatic and the surgery i cannot go skiing can i see a vision of me go skiing again and even to buy a ski ticket and a trip before you can go skiing, because my body can't do it because of the enemy's attack on my body. And just going back again, starting to dream again, what my life is going to look like as the healthier life, as the very one that I've experienced in the Shalom, that I've experienced in the restoration of all things. I just feel there's an invitation for us to stand up again. And it is time for us to do the very thing that David it is is to pursue. And it was part of David's fault even some of the things that happened. David should have been wise and not just take things for granted. He should have had intercessors. He should even have had some of his guys to be able to protect home while he is going to war. But he was so caught up in what he needed to do out there, they forgot about taking care of what was home. Now, this was not a blame game. This was a time to going in, as I said, to a Restore the joy of his salvation, to restore his first love again is restoring the main thing to become the main thing. David did go, encourage the guys to say, I got a vision. I got a word from the Lord. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pursue. We're going to overcome and we're going to recover all. We're going to overtake. And that's what was taking place. They went to 600 guys. It's a little long story, but it came where they eventually destroyed the enemy in a supernatural way because the supernatural is natural when you have a word from god when you have a clear vision and you have a clear direction that you know you're supposed to pursue overtake and recover all and what they did they ended up bringing the family back restoring what the enemy was taking and even with all of the goods here's one more key play of this story 200 of the 600 guys They were so tired they could not go to war and i know so many people even in the churches there's been so many battles on their health and everything they are not able to go to war they do maybe not able to pray anything more right now they're not able to be part of another thing they just need rest there was 200 and was so exhausted, they just needed rest. They couldn't be part of it. But David didn't blame them because this is a family business. Instead, what he did, he said, hey, guys, all of you who were staying here at home and are tired, you're part of the family too. And he may share that the very victory that I shared when there was a breakthrough, I have a breakthrough, you have a breakthrough, and we share in the breakthrough. And he shared among the 200. And this is a kingdom principle that is going to happen in family. And what David did was he blessed those 200 in the same way as the 400 and all of the family were blessed. But they still had abundance left over. And the next thing David did, he also blessed Judah and he blessed some of the people of Judah. He met some of the needs of the world that was around him that set him up with favor for what God wanted next. So he eventually that led to him becoming king of Judah. If the enemy hadn't attacked, he wouldn't have the abundance that was needed with resources to bless Judah, to set up with a favor that he needed with Judah to later on to set him up to become king. I am saying that as part of a big picture and I'm about to land this, that on your journey from Bethlehem, where you learn to be faithful in the natural, then Adullam Adullam is the season, the cave season, the winter season. You learn to be faithful in the middle of your needs. You have Hebron, where you learn to be faithful in relationship. And then you have Zion, where you learn to be faithful in ruling and reigning. And I know that in the season that we're living in, that every single one of us believers, every one of the young people, every one of the children, there's a calling that God has on our life, and that is to reign in life. As He is, so are we in this world that so few believers, actually less than 7%, is actually operating with this. And my question is why? I believe that it is so easy for us to get offended. And that's what happens when we're in, we blame on each other, We could have gone in and these guys turned against me and now I'm not going to have anything to do with them any longer. Or we can going into so many different things. These guys are so tired. They were not involved in the war. We're getting in with these offenses. Offenses, even people that are offended with God because God, why would you let all of these things happen? And it is not necessary the right question to ask in this season. So many people are asking what is going on and what, 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 instead of why. Because God wants you to pursue, He wants you to overtake, and He wants you to recover all. Because there is a crown you can only find in Zigglag. And that crown comes to perplexity and pain when you're going through some of the season. you're going through. When you have absolutely nothing else, you have Him. And it's eventually the main thing becomes the main thing. You're getting back to the basics, back to your first love, back to the Lamb that you get so overcome by the lamb that the lion in you will get to rise up again with fresh oil of intimacy with your lover. And I'm just here to encourage you. I don't know, uh, for myself, my own journey, and many of you know that, I don't because I have a word over my life, but I'm just uh, sensing that there's an upgrade in my health. There's upgrade in wealth, there's upgrade in wisdom, and those are the three ears the enemy has been attacking those three areas. And I'm already starting to see the fruit and the result when instead of listening to the enemy who comes to kill, steal and destroy, I do listen to Jesus who came to give life and life abundantly. God is good and you are loved. That's the basic foundation. He uses all things out for good, including what the enemy is attacking. I cannot explain why some of you are going through what you're going through. Friend of mine was just healed from Parkinson. Another friend was healed from stage four cancer. Some of the stories and the testimonies that is coming in. We love the healing story, but the perplexity when we don't have any answer. When we lose people, we're going through the disappointments, the distractions and the delays in life. And we start experiencing zigzag when we are at battle fatigue. And I know there's people out there with uh, One is with chronic fatigue that you have had it for over 20 years. One of you with an autoimmune disease. You've had it for over 15 years. You're tired and battle fatigue. When is this going to happen? All my prayer is for you today that you will get the same grace that David had. Yes, you can face your giants and being so overwhelmed by it, but there is a season where we're coming in and you're putting on the priestly garment and you're coming into a place of humility and vulnerability and realize there's absolutely nothing you can do. And you may be been there before, but at this very time, getting back in and getting a word from God in the middle of the season. And sometimes what we have to do is to silence all the other noises, all the other voices, so that you can hear that still small voice voice what is god saying instead what is the enemy saying what does shame say what does fear say what is that still small voice of god whispering to you and then uh, when he says pursue overcome recover all ask what does love require and what is the wise thing for me to do because there's different ways you can come up about this david got the wisdom he got the love he got the passion back so he got the word of god he got the vision what is it that you're able to see i want you to see your immune system coming back again i want to see yourself cancer free i want to see that business being restored i want you to see some of those relationships being reconciled i want you to gaining a vision of what god wants in the middle of that not getting so offended by what the enemy is doing that you're not able to see what god is doing and let me pray for some grace some grace for you and I in this season, so that we will steward Zigglag. Ziglag is a stopping point, but it is not the end destination. And for us, if you can get the nutrients out of Zigglag, it's going to be so much of the key to what he is going to trust us, both in Hebron and when we get to Zion, when we finally get to rule and reign and the conversion of your life comes about. And that, that takes sometimes a long time in this journey. David was 15 years old when he killed Goliath. This has been a 15 year old journey by the time he ends up in Ziglag. And so I want you to know 15 year long journey. What has been the battle that he fought before the battle he won. And then it was the battle he fight after the battle he won. He had been at war and there was battle fatigue. And some of you have it on your health or on any areas of relationship. But this is the time now to pursue overtake and recover all. So Father, I just thank you for anyone that is watching today. I just ask that the very grace that I'm sensing over my own life in some areas of chronic pain and areas that I've fought for so long, and it has been such a long battle, and there's so much noise around it in battle, and especially when you've tried every single thing and it doesn't seem like it is working, and you're coming in, and then as soon as you finish with one giant, there is another giant, and it just continues. In the middle of it, suddenly there is things that seems like it's getting worse. For people that are in a situation when you do not know what to do, today I invite you with a still small voice that invites you where to go. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, in the middle of your storm. Yes, in the middle of your crisis. Yes, in the middle of chaos. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. and Learn from me because I'm low and meek in heart. And I will give you rest, rest, rest for your soul. And I'm blessing the rest of your life into the secret place so you can get a secret and hear that still small voice. What am I supposed to do right now? And for some of you, that could be a surgery because there's no second class healing for somebody else's calling that person up. I don't know what you need to do, but hear that still small voice. And when you hear that voice, just obey that voice. Capture your vision back or get clarity of the vision. And then the third one, get your passion back. Get the passion because it is time for you to pursue, overtake and recover all. There's no plan B, there's only plan A. And that plan A, It is this one thing I desire, this one thing I long for. I just want to be with you. I want to dwell in your presence and I want to gaze upon your beauty. I want to see who you are so I can see who I am. So when I'm looking at my circumstances, I don't see how big my problems are. I see how big you are. And at this very moment, we are looking up even when life doesn't, so that we can get overwhelmed and so overwhelmed by you that nothing else can overwhelm us and give us authority to speak to the things that is around us because we no longer have it and the inside of us. So I bless you in this season. And if you are in a zigzag moment, you are either maybe on your way into Ziglag, in the middle of the Ziglag, on your way out of the zigzag. But I give you the grace now to pursue, to overtake and recover all. And to strengthen yourself or encourage yourself and the Lord in all situation, Because that's where you get the oil, so that you will burn. But you will burn brightly without burning out. And you will get to Zion so that you will be faithful and ruling and reigning together with him and to represent the king that looks like Jesus in the middle of the circumstances. So congratulations. Your upgrade is coming Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif Hetland on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.